When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A new approach to embedded device security. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Window Snyder, founder and CEO at Thistle Technologies. Welcome, Window. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your professional background and what Thistle does and why you actually started the company. Sure. So um, a long time ago, I was working as a security consultant and I kept getting all these questions about, this is a long time ago. This is when network security was a thing. Um, and there was no, there's no such thing as really application security, but lots of folks were building stuff. They were building applications they were putting on the web for the first time. And they would ask me these questions about like, how do I know this is gonna be secure? And um, since I had spent a lot of time as a software engineer working on security sensitive systems or uh, systems that had um, security requirements like financial systems and so on, um, I actually had some idea of how to build resilience into these applications or how to evaluate them for resilience. So um, I took that work that I was doing all these different consulting uh, engagements and I turned it into a number of methodologies that created the application security practice at AtStake. And then I took those methodologies and I brought them to Microsoft because um, Microsoft was facing um, a lot of security challenges around malware and worms. And it was it was a difficult time for, um, for both Microsoft and for folks who are using Windows out there. And those methodologies became the core of what is known as the security, the software development life cycle, um, the security development life cycle. So those, um, that one of those methodologies includes threat modeling, which um, I co-authored a book on with the same name, threat modeling. And um, that helped me uh, support folks beyond Microsoft and be able to share the, the, the work that I've been doing developing these application security strategies to try and both evaluate software projects or systems for security strengths and weaknesses, evaluate what whether or not the mitigations that we've implemented are sufficient to the, the problems or the threats that we're up against, and, um, and then create strategies for how to uh, uh, reduce risk for those systems. Um, I went on to be um, the, the CSO at Mozilla, at um, Square, the Chief Software Security uh, Officer at Intel, um, and I was the first person working on privacy features at Apple and uh, where I also owned all the security and privacy features for iOS and OS X. So over, the, over time, I got a lot of opportunity to look at um, uh, systems that are uh, really robust, that have a lot of uh, complexities and have a, uh, a lot of resources to develop security mitigations against these threats. So let's call those all general purpose operating systems. We'll include Windows and OS 10, iOS. Well, iOS is a uh, embedded device OS, but um, very robust and has, has a lot of um, time to think about how to mitigate these kinds of threats because they were you know, dealing with um, with uh, threats that were, they were able to recognize, like really tangible threats, like people out there, you know, jailbreakers for iOS or this 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 tsunami of malware for for, for Windows. Um, so over time, uh, these systems developed a lot of, uh, uh, of this core resilience. One of the reasons I started Fizzle Technologies is because I was seeing that even though this work had been in place and was was quite robust for these general purpose operating systems for decades really that in, in, in embedded devices we are seeing 
hardly any of that work implemented, which makes sense because for these devices, often they, they have really uh, constrained uh, resources, whether it's uh, power or um, compute, uh, whether it's um, uh, uh, power like battery power or um, compute power or uh, memory or device space on the device. You're, you're trying to minimize the, the functionality of these, these devices to just the bare minimum so you can do what you need to get done um, as quickly and as inexpensively most of the time as possible. But these devices, especially as we continue to stick computers in all kinds of things, um, things that you know, we, might have, we might have thought of our television once being a television, but now even though it's a consumer device, it's you know, got a full computer in there with a full technology stack and operating system and it's on your network and um, corporate devices like printers and uh, security cameras. And then uh, devices that control human safety like automobiles and airplanes and uh, medical devices like MRIs and, and so on. All these devices have all the same threats because they're sitting on these high value networks. They have access to um, uh, information that attackers are interested in. But even if they're not specifically going after the information those devices have access to, they're a great place to attack because they're really difficult to inspect because they have very little in terms of, of an interface available for an administrator to, to, um, to evaluate what's going on. Um, so they're they're kind of a black hole where the attacker can compromise um, these these devices sometimes very easily because they don't have the same kinds of security mechanisms that are built into um, some of these these general purpose OSs that have uh, faced these these kinds of threats in a really recognizable, tangible way for a long time. So um, unfortunately, all these device manufacturers have been getting away with not including these, these robust security mitigations. But also it's incredibly difficult to build the organization that is uh, equipped to build resilience into these, these devices. Um, Apple and Microsoft and Google, they have very large security organizations. So they've made an investment in security over time for, for, for a, very long, um, a very long time. So for device manufacturers, maybe they've been thinking to themselves as, well, we build industrial uh, manufacturing equipment. It's like, well, you're a technology company <laughs> um, and you, you do need to uh, build mitigations into your devices the same way as you know, um, these servers to have and these, these, uh, these uh, other OS, um, these other technology providers have. So um, how do we enable these device manufacturers to leapfrog into uh, the same degree of resilience and um, uh, security uh, functionality that some of these other OSs have. That's what we're building. We're building the security infrastructure that allows these device manufacturers um, uh, of all different sorts to be able to leverage a platform instead of having to build it themselves and building the organization that's equipped to um, not just build to a security spec, like a functional approach to security. We want to build resilience into devices, which is a really different thing. Um, if you are, if you're, if you're following a spec and you build to the spec, you might get that function that encrypts the thing and sends it, you know, to that that that, that endpoint in an you know, encrypted way. But uh, where are they storing the keys, and how did they generate them? What is their source of randomness? There are a lot of these other uh, um, considerations that, if you're building security mechanisms to um, from a functional perspective, which is how most software engineers um, approach these kinds of problems then you won't necessarily end up building in the resilience that these mechanisms need in order to, to actually support your security requirements for devices that sit on corporate networks on um, that protect human safety that um, are, are, are in hospitals and medical environments in the government uh, uh, and even consumer devices. So it's, uh, that's, what we're, that's what we're doing here. We're building the security infrastructure for devices.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So then what's the general approach you intend to take at Thistle to make embedded device security more robust? And how is that different and better than maybe what's been done up to this point? So there are good solutions out there for some folks, for some for some um, devices, but there are a lot of devices where they've had to build the entire stack, right? Where they're actually uh, build, building everything from top to bottom. And uh, they might not have, have attempted it yet. They might have not have sat down and realized, okay, we need to evaluate what our security requirements are. We need to uh, implement those mechanisms. And a lot of those mechanisms are not, let's say consumer facing, not customer facing. Um, so it's, it's hard to justify building resilience and doing that, that kind of um, foundation work for any organization um, when you're also trying to deliver uh, functionality that your customers need in order to, you know, uh, that the, the, the kinds of functionality that, that, that add to the bottom line, that add to revenue, that drive the customer um, when they're choosing your solution over someone else's solution. So uh, providing a way that, that uh, makes it easy, that is high confidence, that provides um, the, the, the robust solution instead of, let's say, well, we need to get this done and um, this is the fastest way that we can get it done, as opposed to we're making the investment to build that organization that can build this uh, mechanism to the, the resilience that our customers expect from our, de our devices. So uh, providing a solution that makes it easy for them to incorporate it into their devices, that's going to provide that resilience, that's going to provide the appropriate level of complexity, but also a reduced attack surface so that they can understand the, the, the risk that the component introduces while it's delivering um, security resilience to a, a security sensitive mechanism. That's, that's what we're um, providing for our customers. So, how do you address the, the built-in conflicts between cost, speed to market, and security? So it's, this is actually something that, that uh, we're, we're definitely um, evaluating continuously. We're talking to potential customers and developer partners to, to really understand where these tolerances are. Um, the, fortunately for us, the uh, device technology, the, the, the device manufacturers who have identified already that they've got security requirements that you need to address are the ones that have um, devices that are not operating at that like minimal um, uh, margin, the ones that are at the edge where we're, we're not supporting yet those very um, tiny minimal devices. We are uh, building toward, let's say the kinds of computers, the kinds of devices that are in cars and that are in um, uh, medical devices and industrial manufacturing equipment and you know, smart cities and, and, um, and, and so on. So that's, that's kind of our target initially. Um, just make sure that we are, are, are able to support those companies that have rec recognized that there is a security requirement here. But there are, there's a, a huge security problem among devices, let's say, that don't have, that haven't recognized they have the same security requirements as, let's say, these sorts of devices that, that have a very clear sort of security requirement. So let's talk about consumer devices for a moment. Um, so we've seen um, consumer devices like routers and um, devices that you might have in your home, they, they very rarely get updates. And one of the reasons they rarely get updates is that um, 
for a software update if you've got uh, a problem with it and there's a failure. And for, for software update, you might get to like two or three, five percent software update failure rate. And uh, you know the, the user reboots and they continue and they try again and everything's fine. But on a hardware device with, with a minimal interface, right? You might just have like, let's say it's a, a smart light or something like that, right? You might just have like uh, an LED that tells you maybe it flashes to indicate it's it's pairing or something it's got a very minimal interface right if that fails an update that device is just offline forever <laughs> that that's lost right so even a one percent failure rate for those kinds of devices is completely intolerable so getting to a place where those devices can say with a high degree of confidence that they've got a an update mechanism that's very reliable that's hugely valuable because it means that they can deliver updates and updates might be initially security updates uh, which means they can deliver uh, updates instead of only delivering an update when it's you know an, a critical vulnerability that's been identified in the wild that's being actively exploited because that's essentially the bar right now for a lot of these devices like if it's not being actively exploited they're just kind of like eh, it's not really a trade-off we're going to make right so 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 for us who are deploying more and more devices in our homes and in our environments that um that that we're we're not confident that what the threshold is for those device manufacturers for shipping those security updates, the device it's easier to ship updates when you have a high degree of confidence in your in your security in your in your update mechanism. So getting to a place where the update mechanism, which is one of the features that we're building at Thistle Technologies, is is highly reliable, and that um, uh, even with failure, you have a a, a place to recover and, and, and fail, uh, fail back to a known good state means that they can ship security updates regularly without the, um, the, the, the fear of having these, these devices that fall offline because they didn't make the kind of investment in their update mechanism that allows them this kind of confidence. So it improves security for even devices that um, currently uh, don't get the kind of attention from a security perspective that, that most of us would hope. Well, you're hiring, right? I mean, how can people find out more about your company and its opportunities? Absolutely. The best way to, to find out about opportunities at, at Thistle is to go to our website, which is thistle.tech, T-E-C-H. And uh, you can mail us at jobs at thistle.tech. It's an exciting time and you guys are doing some really interesting work. Thanks again for joining us, Window Window Snyder, founder and CEO at Thistle Technologies. If somebody wants to follow you personally, Window, and uh, see the kind of work you're doing, you've got such an extensive background, uh, what's the best way they can do that? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Window and uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I think my username there is just Window Snyder. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Of course. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on all the major podcast platforms under the Tanya Hall Innovation Show and or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.